The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out many save the dates? The first Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the Welcome to the voice. Voices of Search podcast. Today, we're going to discuss the importance of brand search engine results pages and online reputation management. Joining us is Jason Barnard, who is the brand SERP guy at Calicube, which is a digital marketing agency that is pioneering the concept of brand search optimization and knowledge panel management. Jason's also the author of the recently launched Fundamentals of Brand Search for Business book, which is coming hot off the presses. I think it's the New York Times number one seller, maybe at least in the search category. And today, Jason and I are going to talk about knowledge panels for people versus companies. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the first part of my conversation with Jason Barnard, the brand SERP guy at Calicube. Jason, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Absolutely brilliant, Bernard. I'm delighted to be here. And I do wish this was number one top seller on the New York Times bestseller list. It was, as you said, number one in search engines, but only on Amazon, which is a bit of a come down. It's the most popular book called Fundamentals of Brand Search in the New York <laughs> Times list, at least. So I, definitely. Moral of the story is, Jason, you, you launched a new book and it's a reason for you to come back on the podcast. So I don't care what it's ranked. I'm excited. I love the twist you gave it. And absolutely perfect. I'm happy to be number one on the New York Times bestseller list for books called The Fundamentals of Brand Steps of Business. I don't think you could do any better. <laughs> no, definitely not. So look, you've been doing this for a while. The last time we had you on the podcast, we went over sort of the basic blocking and tackling of what brand search is. Let's go a little bit back over that. You're, you're focused on knowledge panels and, and brand SERP, online reputation. You wrote the book. 
Um, so let's tell people a little bit about it. Let's go with some knowledge panels. What's the difference between knowledge panels for people and for companies? It seems like it is a key component of brand search for a business. Yeah, 100%. The knowledge panel is the informational panel. I mean, Google actually calls them in their patents information panels. We call them knowledge panels because the idea is Google has knowledge and it's showing understanding of knowledge about a person or a company. And it's phenomenally important. If you look on desktop, you'll see on the left-hand side, the blue links, the video boxes, the images, and so on and so forth. That's Google's recommendation of what it thinks a good answer to your question might be. On the right-hand side, it's showing what it feels are the facts. So it's phenomenally important because whether we realize it or not, as human beings, we trust Google and we see on the right-hand side something we perceive to be fact. So managing that and getting Google to present the correct fact about our company or ourselves is fundamentally important to our own brand image and also to our SEO. So I have this problem. There's a political podcaster who stole my name. I'm two years older than him. His name's Ben Shapiro. My name's Ben Shapiro. <laughs> and when somebody searches for the term Ben Shapiro, in theory, that is a person, but we both have our own independent businesses. His journalism business, I will stay out of political preferences here, but basically what he does for a living shows up before what I show up for a living, and it's in the placement that is listed as a fact. Is it fact or fiction that he is Ben Shapiro and I am not? And what do you do when you run into this problem of Google is presenting a fact that you might not think is accurate? Right, and it's a really good question from the perspective of you and he are both entities. An entity is a thing. It's something we can identify, a person, a business, a place, a road, a music album, a film, or even, in fact, a topic. But we'll come back to the simplest stuff of a person. Now, what we have here is two named entities with exactly the same name. So Google's saying, I have two entities, two things, two people, and they both have the same name. I need to distinguish between both of them, which is something we need to do as human beings as well. If Google has managed to understand both you and your hononym, is it called? Your namesake? Then it needs to decide who is the dominant entity. And the dominant entity is a combination of multiple things. It's a combination of Google's understanding of that named entity, Google's confidence in its understanding of that named entity, and the probability that the person is searching for that specific named entity. And here I am sitting here saying... I'm older, so I should have a more established online right. reputation. <laughs> I'm taller, so you can say that I'm a bigger entity. I think I outweigh him by probably 30 or 40 pounds. Why is he getting ranked ahead of me? Okay, so big deal. He was mentioned in the New York Times and probably a hundred different right-wing publications. But I publish a podcast that's got to count for something. Why is his entity being weighted over mine? That is almost certainly a question of probability. Google's looking at the probability that somebody is looking for him as opposed to you. And you mentioned the New York Times. You mentioned the multiple platforms on which he is published, where he is recognized. That would suggest to Google that the probability is that, that somebody is looking for him and not for you. Which doesn't mean to say you're less notable, less important, less interesting. It just means Google is saying... 
I think the probability is probably more towards the other bench pair than this one. And the trick, or there are multiple tricks you can play. Number one is if you can build Google's confidence in its understanding of you, Google will present you underneath as an alternative solution in the uh, C results band. The other trick is to dominate in terms of online visibility, which is going to be really difficult, especially if that other person is famous. Another trick is to add an initial. So Ben B. Shapiro, I don't know what your middle name is. Maybe it... D, yeah, Daryl. But that's another alternative. Everybody thinks it's J because my brand name is Ben J. Shap. It's actually just the fourth letter in Benjamin. Oh, right. Well, and that's a great way to do it. If you communicate to people to search for you on Ben J. Shapiro, excuse me, then you can build a search volume around that, which will disambiguate for Google, help Google to better understand. And what can potentially happen in the years to come is Google will show you when the person is relevant or is in the audience that you might represent. And I think that's going to be the trick moving forward is saying, if I can explain to Google who I am, what I do and who my audience is, Google will show me when the audience seems more relevant and the other guy when the audience is relevant to his topics, his approach and when they might be interested in him rather than myself. Truth is, what my tactic was, was putting everything in my name under Benjamin Shapiro, and he puts everything in his under Ben Shapiro. So Benjamin Shapiro, at least when I search in an incognito window, shows up as the top result. That's my LinkedIn page. But Ben Shapiro, which is his knowledge panel, shows up first. It's a very confusing experience. But enough about my problem. This isn't just something that's specific to people that have names that are similar. It also happens with brands. I run the MarTech podcast. There's MarTech.org. I'm sure lots of other companies are in places where their brand has a similar company, maybe even in a different industry. What do you do when your knowledge panel for your company has competition? Right. I mean, ambiguity is, whether it's for Google or for ourselves as human beings, it's a phenomenally big problem. If you say to me, yellow door, I don't know as a human being if you mean the yellow door, which is a door that is yellow, or yellow door, the cafe, which is just down the street from me, or yellow door, the kid's toy manufacturer. So from a human perspective, it's ambiguous. It's a problem. And what Google then does is say, I will present a SERP for the term yellow door that allows the user to then choose between those ambiguities, which is the one they're actually looking for. And that's never going to go away. You will never beat that ambiguity. And the ambiguity that Google has is the ambiguity that we have as human beings. So perhaps the first step for us all is to take a step back and saying, is this ambiguous? How can I make it less ambiguous? If I can make it less ambiguous for human beings, I will make it less ambiguous for Google. And if I actually end up making it less ambiguous for Google, I'll probably serve my business better in a human being perspective. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? 
Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. So talk to me about the difference between knowledge panels for people as opposed to companies. Is, is it always the same strategies when you're trying to optimize and get Google to understand what is fact about your entity's name? Or is it different based on people and organizations? It's fundamentally different. And uh, I think a lot of us, especially me, started out thinking, well, it's more or less the same idea. It's the same approach. And the tips and tricks are actually fairly similar. The way we deal with it is very similar, but the problems are very different. And if you look at a company, you have a question of trademark. Within a given geo region for a given industry, there is a trademark that you have probably protected. So you're likely to be less ambiguous within your industry at least, and probably within your country, because generally speaking, companies don't tread on each other's toes with the trademark. But with people, you're immediately looking at dozens, if not hundreds, maybe thousands of people with exactly the same name. So that ambiguity is immediately a problem with no trademark protection. So there is always this ambiguity. And people talk to me about my name, Jason Barnard, and say, well, that's quite an unusual name, which it is. Yet, there are 250, maybe 300 Jason Barnards in the world who are more or less famous, who could potentially be on my brand set. And I'll give you some examples. I actually found one this afternoon, a golfer, 116,000th in the world, but still a golfer, which is dramatically better than you and I. Oh, definitely, 100%. But definitely, he's still on the scorecards. He's still on the sites. He's still mentioned. He still has profiles. We have an ice hockey player in Canada. We have a footballer in South Africa. We have a university professor in San Francisco. And we have a podcaster, ironically, who talks about music in the UK. So from my perspective... I have all this ambiguity around my name in different geo-regions. If I were to start working on my own brand name, my personal brand, I would start in the place, the town, where I have most relevance, which would be, in my case, Leeds, where I was born, Liverpool, where I went to university, or Paris, where I lived most of my life. So you start where you're most relevant and you build out from there if you want to build up that kind of personal brand present. And on the flip side, when you're optimizing for a knowledge panel for an organization, is your and you're I'm assuming that the tactic is not think about local SEO first to brand yourself and differentiate. So what's the strategy for optimizing a knowledge panel for a company? 
Well, for a company, the first most important thing is that Google understands. And I think people make the mistake of thinking, oh, if I go to Wikipedia, I will immediately get a knowledge panel, which is probably true. But Wikipedia is based on a concept of notability. You have to be either industry leader or industry changer. And most of us are not in that situation. So as a company, we need to get Google to understand without that concept of notability. And Google doesn't have a concept of notability for understanding. It says, I want to understand everything. Whether or not you're notable is a side issue for me. So communicating to Google who you are, what you do, and who your audience is, is a foundational strategy for any business online today. And that, in my opinion, means any business. You need to educate Google. Google is a child who wants to understand. It doesn't care about notability. It cares about understanding who you are, what you do, who your audience is. And if you look at this child and say, how can I educate this child about my little corner of the internet? I'm always going to be onto a winner because once the child understands who I am, it can A, represent me incredibly well on my brand set when my audience search my brand name. And B, it can understand when I might be a great solution for its users when they're searching for a solution to their problem. Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind for me when we think about the complexity of knowledge panels for companies is Meta. It used to be called Facebook, recently rebranded. And so now it's like that was a term, it was a word, maybe it was the Merriam-Webster dictionary would show up. And now all of a sudden it's about Facebook, the knowledge panel shows basically the Facebook slash meta company description. And that's one where Facebook training Google relatively quickly to understand that it was called meta. Obviously, there was a fair amount of publications that linked back with the meta name linking Facebook. So that probably wasn't a huge departure for Google. But if you're at a smaller scale, that type of rebranding work can be really confusing for a search engine. 100%. And I mean, at CaliCube, we have a platform that helps people with this is that we need to identify all the different places where the company is referenced. And we need to update them all. Because Google is looking at this and it's saying around the web, I've got these references to this specific company. If all of the references change at the same time to the new reference, Google will understand very quickly. And you picked an amazingly good example, Facebook Meta. I was actually tracking that. And Facebook changed to Meta in the knowledge panel and in the results within hours of them announcing it. And it wasn't the Google was phenomenally intelligent. It's that Facebook prepared this incredibly meticulously. They had it all ready and they pressed the button and it changed. Obviously, all of the references to them around the web didn't change but they change the key points that Google was looking at. And that's what it's all about. And what was intriguing about that switch, and this is probably going beyond what we're actually talking about, is that they bought a company called Meta Incorporated six years ago. So this has been planned for the last six years at least. And Meta Incorporated is actually sunsetting its services only in March this year. So what Facebook did was... So Facebook basically bought this company, kept it alive to keep the domain around, and then inherited the basically the domain equity. 100%. And they also moved it forwards because 
if they were sunsetting in March, why did they change the name in December or January? I can't remember when it was. So what they actually did was manage to prepare the entire situation for themselves so that when the time did come, they could switch it. And I don't think very many companies actually make that forward planning happen. My takeaway from this conversation is that there is a difference between how you show up in knowledge panels, not only based on the entity that you are, whether you're a person, whether you're an organization, but these are things where you can essentially feed the right data to a search engine to make your knowledge panel update relatively quickly. It's one of the topics that Jason covers in his new book, The Fundamentals of Brand Search for Business. So if you haven't got it, it's the number one book in the New York Times for books called Brand Search for Business. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Jason Barnard, the brand SERP guy at Calicube. Join us again tomorrow when Jason and I continue the conversation talking about brand SERP and online reputation management. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to hear more about Jason, you can find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is at Jason M. Barnard. That's J-A-S-O-N-M-B-A-R-N-A-R-D. Or you could visit his website site, which is jasonbarnard.com. And if you're interested in reading Jason's book, you can find a link to it from thebrandserpguy.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to VoicesOfSearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions. You can ask us your SEO questions and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much everywhere. And my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet, and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data.